and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm host Michael Dow, and with me tonight are uh, Susan Timberlake. Hey there. And Stefan Ward-Wheaton running the soundboard. Hey, hey. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, we're uh, here to talk about politics. The Imagineer is not here tonight. He, he <laughs> is not. He is not. Our favorite Muppet is, uh, <laughs> is home with uh, 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 broken string or crushed felt or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, um, before we get into talking about uh, stuff, I'm just going to mention that you can contact us. And we hope you do, because we'd love to hear from you, uh, even during the show. Uh, you can contact us in a few different ways. Uh, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. That's our community. Uh, on Twitter, at civilpoliticsfm, as in frequency modulation, because we're on the radio. See? Clever. Um, and uh, you can also email us, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, we also have a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. Um, we try to w- post links to things we're, uh, that, that, uh, that we're talking about, you know, relevant articles or, you know, fact pages or whatever, um, during the show if possible, but certainly after. And you can follow those along and find them more easily because we use the hashtag civil references to go with them. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of things to talk about, um, uh, we will, I think, at least touch on the horrific natural disasters that have been striking uh, Amer- the Americas of late, uh, a little later in the show. Let's start off with uh, last week we wound up spending pretty much the entire show having a spirited discussion in which uh, I was apparently wrong about everything. I think I was only wrong about some things. <laughs> but um, I thought I was wrong once, but then I found out, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Oh, man, isn't that the best feeling? <laughs> anyway, but we wound up talking a lot about privacy. Uh, oh, God, I suddenly went English for a second there. Privacy. <laughs> anyway. Would um, you like to prepare a primer on the subject for us, Mr. Dow? I'll see if I can schedule it. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I always wondered, why do people say schedule in England when they, you know, definitely went to school? You know? Anyway. Why did they say aluminum instead of aluminum? Well, because they put an extra I in there. But I know. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it was one of those things I never got people to answer when I spent a year at, at university back in the 90s. Anyway, enough about me. Well, not enough about me, but we're moving on anyways. <laughs> so um, we talked about privacy a lot last week, and in part the resolution, uh, the proposal by uh, Northampton Police Chief Jody Casper to uh, spend oh, about $70,000 or more of public money on putting in some more surveillance cameras around downtown. Um, so we talked about the various merits thereof and the principles uh, at work. Um, I'm perfectly willing to concede that there are a number of good reasons to not want to do that. I'm just, I, I still cling to the idea that, like, in principle, public is public. So, you know, you can you can watch people and record them in public, but whatever. The important thing is that a number of, of Northampton residents were very concerned because they don't want the idea of being watched all the time and possibly recorded all the time, which I think is fair. So uh, the Northampton City Council, uh, yesterday, I believe, and Stefan, you've got a... Thursday, yep, to, Thursday yeah. night. Thanks. Um, 
Uh, Stefan. <laughs> yes, I'm Stefan. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I have, I have. No, no, no worries. But Stefan was putting up, uh, uh, calling up the article to post the link. Oh. That's, but right. yes, but yes, you're right. Tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights, I can tell. Yes. I need more coffee, so I'm just sitting here not saying a word. So <laughs> forgive, forgive me. Always good to do when you're live on the radio, Sue. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, my dog was up all night barking for Aww. some reason, and I let him out, and he'd go sit in the yard, and then he'd want to come in, then he'd go out, he'd bark. He just, he would not stop, and I don't know if there was a bear in the yard or what it was, but I, I was like having a new baby. Oh. I was up all night, so, oh. so I'm sort of, if I say something stupid, that's why. Right, we'll blame, <laughs> the dog ate your homework. Yes. <laughs> well, he's the Democrat of the two dogs, so he probably was oh, sabotaging oh, it. Oh, oh. <laughs> And I love him dearly because he's a good dog. Yes, <clears throat> despite his limitations. Well, I think he doesn't feel well, actually. It could be. But yeah. Anyway, we'll find out. Well, as the Democrat dog, then, he's he's more likely to get health care. So that's good. Yes, he gets very good health care. He gets better health care than I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should talk about uh, stuff about health care, too. Let oh, me yeah, let me right. just finish up setting this up, and we, we talk about some other things. Because you also had some interesting things that were worth talking about as well, Sue. So. You know, oh, you're going to be on the spot know. in just a second. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't make a habit of it. <laughs> but um, the the city council uh, considered two non-binding resolutions about um, one's an ordinance and one's a non-binding. Oh, resolution. okay. Well, they they yeah. considered both of them to uh, basically say the Northampton City Council is again uh, putting in these surveillance ca- surveillance cameras, uh, and they voted uh, on both matters to refer them to committee for further consideration. Take them under Actually, two different committees, yeah. which I I think is perfectly sensible. It's not like this has to happen right away. There's, you know, um, anytime you're talking about throwing around seventy thousand dollars, it's definitely worth taking your time. <laughs> I think too, they just want to give it some time to give more opinions and yeah. For- people to oh i pop when you do that hmm. i'm being the uh Go, irritable the sound the uh, yeah, engineer here just, yeah 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 so adjust the microphones however you need just do it quietly <laughs> anyway um so we'll certainly keep following this story uh it's certainly interesting um and i obviously it's very important i think for all the 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 residents all the people who who come together in northampton um to feel comfortable and safe uh, and also on the public streets. preclude uh, business or preclude the right. policemen from wearing cameras. I mean, I think right. that's the part that really right. needs some... I, I thought there was a, a fair point that uh, uh, Chief Casper wrote a letter to the, to the city council saying, you know, be careful how you word this ordinance because you don't want to make stuff that we, all, what we do that is currently legal, mm-hmm. you know, not permitted because that's just going to be a, a big pain in the butt. And I think also, like, it would mean that there's no possibility of, of the Northampton police wearing body cameras, which I think is still a, a much more useful priority than, um, than surveillance cameras. I guess the question in that is, who are you watching? You know, are you only watching the people that the police interact with, or are you trying to watch a broader set of criminals, or... You know, do you even want to go down that road? So. Uh, I, I, all I know is if I were in charge of this, they'd wind up with an awful lot of the cameras sort of moving around and following the cats. <laughs> <laughs> Same TBH. <laughs> that could be a revenue generator for the city, though. Yes, cats of <laughs> Northampton. Oh, that reminds me. I totally want to see that documentary about uh, cats in Istanbul. I hear it's amazing. Oh, that does sound good. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well, you know, Northampton has collared bears that often go to the dumpsters. We could put cameras on them. That would probably be really fun. That actually 
actually see. sounds potentially really interesting. Yeah, like, where do they go? Yeah. How do they get there with no one seeing them? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Um, so, but speaking of cameras, because the really cool thing would be get those cameras to live stream, and then people can watch the bears and the cats and whatever else is going on around Northampton. But uh, web security is actually something that's been in the news. And uh, Sue, as someone who actually, I don't know, knows anything about this stuff, unlike myself. Not today. I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought that political party was dead. (laughs) Oh, old school. Um, I thought you were talking about the independent high tech party that was here in Massachusetts and is dead. Huh? Yeah, there was an independent high tech party here in Massachusetts. Never heard of it. You must not have been a technical person. No, 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 no. I, 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 the closest I got to science was doing the history of oh, science. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I think it was probably, I'm getting old, so it's probably more like 20 years ago. But. Yeah. So it wasn't that high tech, but, you know, because. It was high tech for the 90s. <laughs> for the 90s. 90s were cool. <laughs> I still have stuff I- from the 90s. When did the iPhone come out? <laughs> like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you were pointing out that, like, we've had uh, the, the hack of credit reporting bureau Equifax, and I guess the Securities and Exchange Commission? They just announced it this week, and guess when they were hacked? Last During the run-up to the election? Yeah, last summer. And, you know, uh, the, the, uh, certainly the state of Connecticut, I just heard the report on... Um, the feds just finally released the list yeah, of on, states that on, were hacked. On WFCR, their local yeah. news for New England Public Radio, and they just said, like, They're by the way. Yeah. 21. Yeah. I tried to get the other list, and it's just not out yet. Well, Connecticut's certainly close enough to home for us, even if Massachusetts hasn't been. That's, yeah. you know, I don't want the Russians hacking Connecticut either. You know, d- speaking technically just for a second, the, it's, very, it's very interesting because they said, oh, they were hacked, but they were only scanned. See, I don't know what that means. Well, can that's... You, can you answer, or are you the, like... Does that make, not make any sense to it you? It doesn't too? make any sense at all because one of the techniques, um, which is really old school, so all you young techies out there may not remember this, but it was called screen scraping. And so to be scanned is to have the data. <laughs> it's like. Screen scraping? You mean you, like just like. It's like is that like if, capturing if every keystroke? Or? Uh, no, not keystrokes because it doesn't have to come from the keyboard. It's actually if it shows on the screen, sent to the video card. You got you've got the data. Oh, you recorded you you hacked the video scraping. card. Yeah, well, that's oh. not exactly how they did, but yes. Oh, well, I've heard of such it, things like setting up like like you want to you can you can do it the old school way and put up a little surveillance camera. You could do it that. So way. you just watch over someone's shoulder as they do whatever, and yeah. you're like whatever they look at, then yeah. we're looking at yeah, it. Yeah, that's a logging process. But yeah, screen scraping was a real thing, and some of the really early programs did that to take something from um, a mainframe to somewhere else because they couldn't do it any other way. So so it's funny they said it was scanned, but it wasn't hacked. It's like, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, I, like the data was captured but not <laughs> altered? Maybe that's what they mean? No, because you don't have to necessarily alter the data when you're hacked and they stole all your... Well, so security number, they call you, they don't just say you were scanned. They no, say no, they I completely <laughs> agree. But I, I think the concern when it comes to voting rolls, in part, is the idea that, like, it's obviously you, you don't want foreign. We're not tampered with. Right. You don't want foreign government sort of looking at all our voting in- infrastructure for just sort of, I mean, even if they don't do anything, it's still like, guys, that's kind of sensitive, you know, like, don't watch me when I'm in the in the bathroom kind of thing. Um <laughs> You know, except on like a geopolitical level. Um, But yeah, it's it's another thing when it's like, oh, yes, suddenly, you know, we'll take Sue Timberlake off the list altogether, you know, like, and you try to go to vote and it's like, who are you? You don't exist. (laughs) Well, if if they I'm saying this theoretically, because I don't actually know what they have. But um, if it was, quote, scanned, they also could have had what's called a man in the middle 
where they and Stefan just looked over because he knows what that is. I'm sure. I, I've I've heard of the idea. I'm yeah. Looking for the man <laughs> in the middle. Oh, good point. But that wasn't what I was thinking. I wasn't. Um, so in that case, they could they could basically not get into the system. But when it was transmitted to another system, it could they just eavesdrop on the traffic. Well, no, they could actually change it. And so if oh. you didn't check the final outcome with the original source, like oh, the of voting, course. you wouldn't actually the game, know. Like the game of, of telephone instead yes. of except doing it deliberately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that one they wouldn't – you know, it's sort of funny that they just so categorically just said this is all that happened. And it's like it yeah. doesn't make any sense. How, well, <laughs> I mean, maybe they actually do know that, but – It's possible. But, but I think they would have used more – Technical sounds like terms. damage control to me. Yeah, it sure does. Well, why did they wait so long? And now they're announcing it. Yeah, you know. See, I, like I, I really don't know much about this stuff at all. And when I did actually know a little bit about it, it was going on certainly twenty-five years ago, thirty years ago, back in the eighties, early nineties. You know, it's hard to keep up. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, impossible if you're not like yeah. Yeah, if you're not working in the field. But, I mean, like, you know, it was, it was a new thing. So I, I, I learned a little bit about, like, how vaxes work back when I was at Kenyon College in the late 80s, early 90s, because that's what Kenyon had. So, like, I learned a bit about how email worked and how to send emails to other colleges and, you know, and so forth. Um, that was like the dawn. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, of the modern world. And I, I found out there was a way to, like, uh, uh, basically, I spent a year in England at the University of Exeter, and I found out there was a way to, like, open a remote terminal on the server at Kenyon on their Vax. So I would do that occasionally to like chat with people I knew in real time, which was so amazing. And now <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. every phone in the world does that just about. So, yeah. and it's super easy. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's really good stuff. But anyway, I just found that sort of <clears throat> baffling. Well, but I, so there was a great book. Uh, you probably read it back in the day by Clifford Stahl, the cuckoo's egg. No, I didn't. Oh, the crack in the cosmic egg. No, the cuckoo's egg. It was about. Um, he I was, did read the crack in the cuckoo's. Well, cosmic the cuckoo's. Egg. You, you probably just aren't remembering it, but I'm, I can't imagine you wouldn't have read it because um, it came out in like like 1988 or 90 or something. Oh, I was like in that. graduate school. I was probably oh yeah. Too well, busy. You, you I, missed, might, I missed a few films and a lot of things. Well, you might have missed it, but it, basically, Clifford Stahl was an uh, astronomer, uh, an astronomer grad student at um, doing planetary uh, physics, astrophysics. And um, uh, his graduate funding ran out, so they sort of did the thing where they, like, you know, oh, you need more time to, well, we'll see where we can put you while you work on your doctorate. And, uh, here, you work in the computer lab. You've got math. You know computers. Uh, sure. <laughs> you know. So he winds up working there, and he doesn't really, you know, like he's sort of fumbling along doing, you know, sort of faking it the way one often does in grad school. And um, he noticed that there was traffic coming in. Uh, from uh, somebody in Germany trying to hack into various uh, U.S. military systems. And eventually he realizes that this is, like, somebody actually trying to hack, somebody who's, like, looking for, trying to gather intelligence for the Russians. On the ARPANET or whatever it was. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> exactly, because, you know, Berkeley was one of the major original hubs of the oh, Internet. Oh, right, I didn't know Berkeley, yeah. Yeah, 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 he was at Berkeley. Um. So... Um, <laughs> So he's he's trying everything to like track what this guy's doing and 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 you know disrupt him when he actually is getting anywhere and whatnot and he's goes on a, the book is really about him like tracking this guy and then going on a long 
crusade, really, to get people at the CIA and FBI and they whatever. They didn't know what he was talking about, right. I'm sure. But a few of them <laughs> did and get them to pay attention. Yeah. So it was it's a really interesting document of a, sort of a... Sounds great. I'll have to read it. <laughs> yeah, it's really... It was really entertaining. And I'm sure, like, pretty much all of the technologies you know, obsolete now, but I think some of the principles are still the same. And, and one man in the middle stuff is one of the things he talked about. Yeah. One of the things that you just mentioned that just sort of lights up the things I'm interested in is how did the government respond to this guy who's really smart and has noticed something really important? I mean, that the reaction of big, large uh, organizations is something oh. I really enjoy reading about. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's well worth reading. I enjoyed it at the time. Now that it's no longer any kind of current event, I think it would still hold up as an interesting yeah. – it's, it's a primary historical document. It's, it's like him writing about this thing that he actually did that he was part of. And I think he went on to, like, eventually get his doctorate, and he was doing astronomy at Harvard and whatnot. But I haven't heard about him. And, like, the last time I heard about him was sometime, I think, in the late 90s when he said, look, you know, computers are cool and all that. But if, you, you know, if you're looking to really get a, a, some kind of uh, professional graduate education degree, something that will lead you to a good career, plumbing or electrician, because those, like, people are never going to get you know, tired of needing plumbers, electricians, and HVAC people. And they Computers will all change every few years. Smarter and smarter and yeah. smarter. I mean, the plumbers and the electricians, yeah. it's amazing some of the stuff they work on now. Sure. It's well, really that, that too. Tough, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, like, if I got a leaky water pipe, I'm calling a, calling a plumber, and the leaky water pipe problem, like, a guy from the 19, a plumber from the 1950s transported to now probably would be able to fix my pipe about as well as a guy today. Unless it was caused because you had a two-stage fan and the second stage wasn't working and it made the too much pressure in the water pipe, he would never find that. I don't even know what that is. Because <laughs> some of the electronic controls do all sorts of things now that have to do with um, your systems. Okay. We'll leave it at that. But anyway, so Much yeah. Much like cars and other oh, common appliances, everything is computerized now. Oh, and there's feedback mechanisms and control mechanisms. Me am learning things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, he would still be able to fix the pipe. But it, and, and a lot of those, even the old timer guys, are really, they're, they're keeping up because they have to. Because yeah. the new furnaces and boilers and all that stuff's, you know, getting really complicated. So. Well, I'm certainly in favor of better technology. Um, I hope I don't know if it qualifies. I like more resilient technology. I think the that problem th is that people build stuff that doesn't have any error trapping or any safeties, or they just build this stuff. They put it on the market. Some of those um, home security systems. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's I, I, like, oh I, my god, you don't well, want to have that open to the web. Well, and I mean, we're talking about uh, a privacy. Uh, privacy. God, why am I doing that? Um, but you uh, need coffee too, uh, uh, and I don't drink it. But I've seen uh, some commercials recently. Um, uh, you know, I've been spending a lot of time with my mom out in, uh, out in the Boston area. Good to hear she's doing better. Yeah. Yeah. Hi mom. I hope you're listening. Um, uh, Comcast, you know, is advertising this thing where you can use, like, you can get like a home security thing installed through them. So you can use your cable box remote to be like, show me what's going on. You know, like to show you who's you see me screaming now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, ringing your doorbell and check from, you know, elsewhere to see if your doors are locked and whatnot. And I'm like. You know, if you actually feel like that's going to be, you know, not taken over or used by somebody else to, like, you know, sneak in and out of your house or to lock you out. And, I mean, you know, what, what's the next step? If like you locking you out of your house and saying, like, pay me 20 bucks if you want to get back in your own home? If you saw the quality of the Comcast network and 
the kinds of nodes and protections they have. They just they fudge it. If, I, I, you know, you don't, you do not want Comcast in charge of your. I, it I, seems to be. I a, don't. No. <laughs> I mean, I just uh, like I'm a night owl, so like a uh, big shock. But I mean, like, so I'm up. You know, sometimes like two in the morning watching. You know, like stuff on demand or whatever. You know, movies on. AMC, whatever. Oh, it's probably great. So, so yeah, I, I love mom's cable setup. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't spend, I don't <laughs> splurge for it at my house, but at mom's, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I notice like pretty much every night around two a.m. suddenly like the cable box freezes, like the signal just freezes because I think they're updating the box, but it's yeah. like every yeah. night just yeah. like whatever it is stops, well, and I gotta like I come back <laughs> ten minutes later and it, it's working. So yeah. sorry, Stefan. Nothing, you know. Oh well, then sh- be quiet, <laughs> you dotard! Back in your cage. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's remarkable how low the barrier of security entry and, into the business. Yeah, and and just due diligence. Yeah, and there's no ad- standards adhering to very basic. No and, and it's not like there's not information out there. If you know. Y- it's it's no one's in charge and it's the wild west. Right, I and, mean, and you have a great just product. Just as simple and, as having your well, email hacked. We've known yeah. about you know two factor authentication, which is in very since World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> Enigma, but, something you have and something right. you know. <laughs> yeah, right, and it's yeah. Two-factor yeah. identif- authentication for those of you who aren't security. Familiar. Actually, it's two-factor security. Two-factor security. Though this yeah. is this is something I, I actually happen to know. Uh, like I think I understand at least what it is. It's the idea is like you know you don't just type in your password. You do something else to verify that it's you. So it's not like oh I know Mike's password is one two three four five. So you know <laughs> thanks for that, Mike. Yeah. That's the kind of combo a moron of, would have on his luggage. A lot luggage. of banks don't do two-factor. It should be something you have, like a certificate on your device, My, and something you know, which is a password. Greenfield, Greenfield Cooperative Bank does. Yeah. yeah, they put a certificate on your thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, an Apple S- uh, security though, certificate. Though, so, sorry, Stefan, you were talking. So. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> just a commentary on, I think we're sort of now becoming aware, and this is also... I think a byproduct of how quickly the internet has proliferated into both commerce, government, and just public life and private life is that we haven't built in the security protocols that should be in place because there's been this enormous proliferation of websites and services and, and uh, media and social media that, and there is no standardization. There does, there's not, a top-down kind of authorization process. Usually it takes a bad event for that to happen in the U.S. Like, they yeah, they legislate after something bad happens. Doesn't well, the Internet's been <laughs> tremendously underregulated, and this is part of the issue that we're seeing now with net neutrality, which is really the first, not, you know, I mean, that we're sort of sidebarring a little bit, but that the reason that well, net neutrality is only now becoming an issue is because something as basic as legislating, you know, equal and fair access to these, you know, this kind of these carriers, it's taken this long for that to actually sort of materialize and be something that can be fought over. In the same way, security is now much in the same way, just now becoming an issue, as you said. And I think a large part of it is because of the 2016 campaign and the leaks that came out that only now are these big organizations starting to sort of take security seriously. But well, what Sony if we'd actually done this too. right yeah. and actually, you know, uh, created a subcommittee on maybe Department of Commerce um, that, would act, that had actually dealt with the Internet 
as a utility and as a public service that needed certain standards. We could have avoided all this. Oh, come on. Who are you? Al Gore? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think ahead and deal with problems before they come up? Well, (laughs) I know, right? Um, But this is also, you remember Ted Stevens from Alaska, who was the... uh, Oh, the the senator who who, referred to the Internet as a series series of of tubes. tubes. Yeah, and he was the ranking member on the committee. I don't remember which committee. He built the bridge to nowhere, too. Yes, right, (laughs) indeed. He was the ranking member on the committee that was supposed to regulate the Internet. Somebody explained it to him probably that way, and that's so he could understand it. Because he was like 80-something years old, had really no understanding of what the Internet was, and was, you know... Well, if he'd been an brief. electrician or electronics guy, he probably would have. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's somebody who right. lives... But, you know, a lot of the problem is these guys are lawyers. Or, well, exactly. Well, and it, and it gets technical har- expertise. Yeah. And, well, and it gets harder and harder to learn new things as you get older, too, as I'm already discovering. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry, man. Nobody told me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's already hard enough for me as it is. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But, uh, so, actually, Sue... What were we talking about? Well, uh, we were talking about... Uh, uh, sort of the wild west westiness of I the think internet. I'm a dotard. You might be. Yeah. We can talk about that in a sec. <laughs> uh, but I just was um, like, as a Republican, as a free market, small business, you know, less government regulation is is good, you know, kind of person. Um, what do you think about the fact that we have? You know, Stefan's saying, like, we should have a congressional committee get together and really figure this out and pass some better laws. And are you like, oh, God, no? Are you like, yes? Because, I mean, like, this is this is some of the stuff, this is some of the, the downsides to having things be unregulated. Like, you, you get companies that are saying, like, we'll protect your data. And it's, you know, Comcast and, you know, like, they're sort of, it, it's almost like they're wearing clown shoes and, you know, trying to protect your, you know, protect you from, you know, poison gas with a paper bag or something exactly um i i think that congressional committees can't do it i think the industries have to do it themselves not that they shouldn't be directed to do it but they need to come up with um like underwriters laboratory listings for safety oh great you you know or um is underwriters laboratory is a private organization it is but all the industries agreed to Mm -hmm. do it i mean they sort of it's 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 a it's governmental in function but not form uh, it is a private company, but the industries agreed to it. Well, but that's and my the point. government said you need to go somewhere and do something. And, and, so, and that's yeah, my point. Yeah. In, it yeah. functions the way regulations or whatever would a, a public yeah. organization, but it's private, and that's fine. Yeah, and I think in they have actually that's actually a a, a a success of that kind of you know business oriented free market. The government does shouldn't be doing this kind of approach. I mean, public private partnership. <laughs> Yeah, well, three P's. But I mean, that's of course now it's gotten really expensive, and nobody wants to use Underwriters Laboratory. But the the IT if only tax money could pay for IT that. folks tried to do it in different arenas. Um, one I happen to know about is they were trying to get all the healthcare organizations to use the same transaction and code sets, and um, because they're all exchanging claims and medical records and all this, and you probably recognize the law, though you didn't know that's actually what it was about HIPAA was about standardizing transactions and code sets. And there were two forward-thinking people, Senator Kennedy and Senator Nancy Kassenbaum. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, shoot, if we do this, nobody will have any privacy. So they passed the privacy. They added that to the Mm 1,500-page law. They added like 20 20 pages to say, and you shall not, except for they excluded the insurance company. So the insurance companies don't have to keep the same standard. 
It's very interesting. Anyway, but they were forward-thinking. They knew what was going to happen when you standardized on people's private information, and they they set some things down. But um, at some point, the industries, Microsoft and Oracle and folks, have tried to get together and do things, but it's usually it, to address a particular issue, and usually the governments convene them to do it. Hmm. But it's it really is a one-off. It's a, a oh dear, uh, the firemen can't talk to the police because they don't have the same protocols. So let's figure out what the safety, you know, which which um, wavelengths they should be using, you know, nationwide, and what can we give back to the industry, and you know, it's a very targeted. Regulatory focus, I guess, is the way to put it. Well, targeted regulation is certainly has something to uh, something appealing because it's not going to be overly broad. But, but what Stefan was talking about was more sort of how do you actually put a framework? How I think do the you? Brits, the Brits, come on, tell us now. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? I'm I'm not smart enough anymore to do that stuff. Yeah. But the Brits actually had a lot more regulation around this stuff, and you'll find oh, sure. periodically they'll throw companies out and stop doing business with them, or won't let them work on the health system, or you know they they have much higher privacy standards than we do. Massachusetts yeah. is actually pretty good of all our states. Yeah. Mass has been really careful with um, security and privacy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's I suppose, the advantage for the British of, like, like I think, the if I remember correctly, the, uh, uh, at least part of, the, some of the functions of their cell phone networks, I think, ultimately came under the purview of the BBC or something like that. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, they hacked a prince like talking to um, yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah. And all that. Camilla. Yeah. Was it the... Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the BBC. It was the Hearst. Was it Hearst? Yeah, the, yeah. It was the other guy. But, I forget. Uh, Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch. Fox, that's it. Yeah. yeah, they they were all all up in there. Yeah, but I just I, I remember like it was interesting. Like the uh, this was like almost fifteen years ago that I was in the UK. This is back when like cell phones were flip phones, and I'd gotten like I'd spent the extra money to get the kind that you could use in the US or in Europe, depending yep. on how you adjusted the settings. So. GS GSM it had the same protocol. Yeah, it was a tri-band phone. Yeah, everything here is CDMA. It used to be CDMA, and that's why it doesn't work overseas. Everybody else in the world uses GSM for their. Wow, I don't know what those terms mean, but maybe we can post a little like explainer. <laughs> Sorry, like, no, no, no. I think that's awesome. We can uh. post a little explainer later here. If like me, you're wondering what the heck they mean now, but um, I'm seeing frantic movement from the soundboard because it's about time for us to take a short break here in the middle of the show uh you're listening to civil politics here on valley free radio we're going to play a few psas and other announcements uh and then we'll be back more to talk about politics so don't go away we'll be right back you are listening to valley free radio wxojlp northampton 103.3 fm i'm mayor david narkowitz and i support northampton's community radio station Nerd Night NoHo is proud to support Valley Free Radio, where a monthly speaker series featuring experts from the community talking about art, culture, and science. You can find us at noho.nerdnight.com. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Forbes Library offers free access to computers, 
and now they are equipped with tools to make them easier to use if you are blind or have low vision. When you come into Forbes Library, you will find computers with JAWS screen reading and magnification software installed. Trained library staff are available to get you started. These services were brought to you with federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. Call 413-587-1012 to find out more. iHeartJRock with DJ Sakura is on Saturday mornings at 12 to 2 a.m. on WXOJ LP 103.3 FM in Northampton. And you can stream us on valleyfreeradio.org. iHeartJRock will be playing rock music from Japan, uh, J-Rock, J-Pop, and some DK. Uh, if you like that stuff, give my show a listen, please. And also follow me on Twitter at DJ Sakura 666. Thank you. Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, DJ Vinyl Scratch, on the warm heart of Africa. From Cape Town to the Congo, Marrakesh to Mogadishu, and to the New World and beyond, we explore the best in pop music from Africa and the Afro diaspora all across the globe. Once again, that's 7 to 9 p.m. every Wednesday, only on Valley Free Radio. And we are back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Um, so I think we kind of... We beat that horse? <laughs> well, I, I mean, certainly there's more to talk about with privacy. God damn it. <laughs> with privacy. <laughs> Why am I doing that? We're going to go right to Brexit if you keep it up. <laughs> oh, did you see? I just, I, I totally was dilatory about um, catching up on the news uh, this week. But did you see Theresa May gave an address in um, Florence yesterday? Not in Florence, Mass. No, no. <laughs> Firenze, Italia. Italia. So, but uh, she gave an address to a bunch of foreign ministers of the European Union, and she basically proposed uh, that they that they f- focus on coming together with an interim arrangement that had last for two years after the UK's departure from the European Union. Mm. And she offered to pay a little money, but and she, she offered <laughs> to pay like. You know, she didn't say how much, but well, like at least ten billion pounds, which is real money. Oh, I think that's what they proposed before. Did she say that this time? I'm not sure. Oh, but I, I thought there was discussion. I thought she basically said she. They said she offered money. Um, yeah, I think she was circumspect <coughs> about how much that would be. Some payment, some payment, which is understandable <laughs> why why she'd be circumspect. But I yeah. just. I just thought it was fascinating. It's basically yeah. like bribing them to be like, okay, we know we're being idiots, and you guys currently have no real incentive to not make this as miserable for us as possible. So how about a pile of cash? <laughs> Give us a little more time, Didn't huh? we try that with the Iranians? No, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I think we've tried that a few different times. In 79, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, though that's the problem is that really – you know, it's. I, th- I think a lot of people, when it comes to Brexit, they're almost. If 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 you're down on Brexit, your hope is to basically trust in bureaucratic, um, you know, bogged down machinery, which is much send the same it position. to committee. Yep, send yeah. it to committee and hope it doesn't come back and you have to deal with it. <laughs> which yeah. is on, honestly much the same situation that Democrats are in in this country, where it's it's you know inertia can be your friend. When you're on, when you're down and out in government, so we're uh, seeing that now. I think in Europe as well. Well, uh, yeah, certainly. That's why they divide, designed our our constitution the way they did, right? So that 
part of it anyways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, checks and balances? Is that well, it ma- make it harder for people to, to mess with things. The um, And if it's unclear, actually, it does stall it, right? Because you have two parties. Yeah. Sorry, I was... In theory. Yeah, yeah. it makes it harder, so... Well, so, um, of course, the the big news in our own uh, legislature right now is they're talking about um, uh, surprise, sort of a (laughs) final last gasp attempt by the Republican Party to uh, get rid of the Affordable Care Act and replace it with something kind of sort of maybe. Um, it's very rushed. There's been basically no discussion of it. There hasn't been any kind of congressional budget office scoring. Um, but it does have things in it that were in before, so the folks have been using that to score. Yeah. So, like, if there's component A, yeah. they look back at component A when it appeared in a different format. Right. And saying, well, that's about four billion kazillion. <laughs> yeah. Or that's 40, 60 million people thrown off health care. So the Miller, the, the, the measure was uh, proposed by uh, Senators Graham and Cassidy. Um, and... Uh, if you haven't had a chance, uh, I, I don't normally watch uh, Jimmy Kimmel's late night chat show, but oh um, yeah, I you, heard about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Senator Cassidy. Well, several months ago, back in April, uh, Mr. Kimmel, uh, his wife gave birth to a newborn son, and they were of course very happy. And then it turned out the son had a congenital heart defect, and then they were utterly heartbroken and terrified. And fortunately, uh, they the, had pretty good insurance, right? They, uh, apparently being a multimillionaire talk show host means you can afford anything uh, if it really comes down to it. But yeah, they had insurance and um, they were in Los Angeles, which has, you know, one of the major cities on the planet has pretty good doctors handy. So um, they were able to get the kind of really difficult and delicate um, open heart surgery for their newborn son that kept him alive. He's going to need two more operations apparently. But anyway, so get Jimmy Kimmel gave an really emotional and moving uh, discussion about the importance of healthcare and how no family should have to like face that horrible crisis without knowing that at least they could get the son, their son the medical care they needed. You know, like, of course. And it helped turn the tide against the Republican. Original. Trump won, I'll call it. Yeah. This is um, Trump too, though. Yeah. Or three, however. Right. But anyway, so Senator Cassidy, who I think is from Alabama, I think. Um, Stefan will look that up to correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, the point is, Senator Cassidy uh, said, well, we shouldn't pass any bill that doesn't pass the Jimmy Kimmel test. And uh, so Jimmy Kimmel's kind of taken a personal interest in this because, as he said, as he said, I'm not an expert, but you named the test, (laughs) the the criteria after me. I feel like I can't ignore it. (laughs) So and he's been lambasting them. He said he lied to his face, that Cassidy lied to his face. Yeah. Yeah. So which is, I think... uh, well, a fairly accurate description of what happened. Did you see what, um, oh, who's the senator from Minnesota? Um, Al Franken? Al Franken was sitting with Jimmy Kimmel. Did you see this piece? No. And they were talking about what had happened and that Cassie lied to his face. And Al Franken looked at him. He said, you know, it doesn't go well when comedians get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. <laughs> it was just, it was beautifully done. It was very... Yeah. Uh, uh, I've got something it. hot off the wires. Oh, here we go. From the New York Times. Please, yeah, uh, fire away. Senator McCain, who, if you'll remember, was the instrumental vote in torpedoing the Trump one, the, the last round of the repeal and replace. Actual like the one that actually came to a vote down. on the floor. <laughs> yes, yeah. He did it with an old-fashioned Roman yeah. gesture. Yes. Yeah. He has announced, uh, this is nine minutes ago, that um, he will oppose this latest proposal 
the Graham ca- uh, the Graham Cassidy. I think that makes three. Act. And that yeah, we already have Rand Paul from Kentucky because it doesn't rep- it doesn't cut taxes, so right. he's against that. Collins he's against from that. Maine because they lose a billion dollars. Collins from Maine is as uh, leaning no as is Murkowski. They oh, need three oh, of they need well they need they can't all have of more them, than two people defect exactly. Yeah. So it it really it doesn't look good. I mean, there's still some jockeying to be done, but. The fact that I think McCain has come out before yeah, the, he's this, them. this has gone to the floor, this is, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a line in the sand. Yeah, I, he- I, I, I heard him talking about how he, 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 didn't, he wouldn't vote for anything like this until it went through re- what he called, you know, regular order. As yeah. in, like, right. it gets debated, it goes to committees, the committees think about it, they make amendments, you know, like. Lindsey Graham had said the same thing, but this is his bill. And they're trying to do it by the 30th because that's the deadline for the reconciliation. Because they used the, the yeah. reconciliation, you know, right trick to avoid. I heard an interesting thing. It was actually Lindsey Graham explaining why this was such a good bill. And um, he said there are four states. If, if you didn't take the Medicaid expansion, if you didn't take it, right, under Obamacare. If you were one of the Republican states that didn't take a, a Or Medicare even a expansion. Democratic one that didn't take it. I think all the Democratic ones did. You're going to get a lot more money. They've actually set the formula so that it takes money away from the people that took the expansion. Yeah. And because why should New York and California, who expanded Medicaid and have large you know, populations, why should they get more money? <laughs> so, for example, Mass is going to lose uh, $8 billion, uh, Maryland $13 billion, California $78 billion, New York $45 billion, Oregon $13 yeah. billion, Arizona $11 billion. So I think... I think they didn't do the math right because their intention was to split, to split the states. Yeah. So because um, Texas is going to get more, thirty-five billion. Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Missouri, Wisconsin are all going to get billions of dollars if this thing passed. So they were just trying to do just enough to. So, so I think it's dead. Th- it, there, th- there's a talking point for us lefties that's been going around for a few years that. The Republicans talk a good game about uh, wanting to cut taxes and the government takes too much and it spends too much. And, you know, the whole problem with makers and takers and all that Ayn Rand speak. Um, But what really happens is the progressive blue, you know, Democratic leaning states pay more into the federal system than they get out. And then the Republican-leaning states like Texas and Alabama and Georgia uh, are sponges who basically live off our, our largesse and our, our affluence. That, that basically the Republican that, – that sort of that whole Republican approach is utter hypocrisy and that this is a, a classic example thereof. Well, you should like this bill because what they actually do is they want to make the same amount available to each person no matter what state they're in. Well, that would be good. So that that's why they're taking it away from the okay. California, the Massachusetts. They give it to Mississippi because they're actually right. So, in the, other words, instead of making it so that there's more money available to the people in the other states to bring them up to the levels we enjoy, yeah. they're going to take it away from us so yeah. that those people can have more. So everybody in every state will get which, which is exactly ex- the same. But which is exactly the kind of um, which is exactly the kind of like. Uh, 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 taking from the wealthy blue states to give it to the poor red states that I was just talking about, and very it's redistributive, ex- and it's yeah. very it's yep. it's, it's it's that's socialism right there. Yeah, but Are it's you basically sure it's from the Democrat from the Republicans. Yeah, that's their goal. That's what they did, and it's very interesting because when I heard it come out of their mouth, I said, "Oh, that's an interesting approach." They were trying to so if you didn't take Medicaid, they're going to make up to your state for that. You're going to get a much bigger block grant. 
Right. So in other words, if based it, on per person, in, in, in other words, if your state, uh, w- out of sort of partisan uh, political opposition, decided not to take the excellent Medicaid expansion deal under Obamacare because you were opposed to the Democrats having any kind of, you know, victory or any kind of thing that would make them look good, and now you're reaping the consequences of making a very poor fiscal decision. They're saying, like, well, we'll stick it to the Democratic states, the Democratic-controlled states that did take the deal so that the Republicans would be bailed out. Uh, like, again, this is, this is the kind of thing— Well, they're trying to re- reward the Republicans just to keep them on board. And Arizona, like I said, yeah. is going to lose $11 billion. So guess what helped McCain decide? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the uh, uh, state of Alaska— that, like, uh, the, uh, contr- and I didn't grab that number. I should have, and I didn't well, pick the, that one. Well, the state of Alaska, they're, um, uh, I'm not sure if it was their head of health and human services or their state controller's office, but um, there was a report by some state official in, you know, in charge of keeping track of these things just released it, uh, the information that they would lose about 65% of their funding if this, uh, if the, the current um, uh, uh the Hutch- new health Graham, the, the whatever this bill is. Graham just Cassidy. Graham Cassidy goes through. Trump too. Did Thank you me. see that they were trying to bribe Senator Lisa Murkowski, Mur- Murkowski yes. by bas- basically saying <laughs> Alaska can like basically can keep, keep Obamacare, Obamacare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which is essentially the, an admission that it is you know a favorable to the uh, alternative. It's so. up to I think it's almost sixty percent of the population of the U.S. thinks Obama's better than this. 56, 60% yeah. across the board. Obamacare is better? Yeah. Is better. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think, like I, I said, I, I think I, this I, is... I think Trump voters are, 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 are still against it. Oh, so that'd be the 30. Yeah. <laughs> I think a majority of Trump voters hate it, but, you yeah. know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm watching the demographics of the polling int- uh, closely, and Trump's dropped pretty precipitously among working-class whites. Which are his? I mean, he's in the, the I think the high forties in some polls. In, in, where, in other words, they're starting to think that racism isn't enough of a reason to support the guy. That maybe <laughs> they need some government that does things for them. Well, that yeah, that's I, not the reason that everybody supported not Trump. Not everybody, <laughs> but I think I honestly think that's like a, why a fair percentage of the white population of this country voted for him. He won amongst whites, you know. Uh, well, they aren't happy with his performance. Well, at least I think well, his performance is a business. Yeah, I think it was an economic business. I, I, I believe the best about people. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think they were wrong, but I, I think see, it Sue, was you, you, economic. You conservatives are supposed to be the cynical, gimlet-eyed, uh, <laughs> and a, analysis, uh, you know, uh, um, sort of down on human character. I, I just don't see thing. how there's any criteria uh, like one could sensibly use in that presidential election and not wind up voting for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. You know, even they've done a lot of studies trying to figure that very thing out. And and the simple answer is like, well, you vote vote for Hillary Clinton. If you know, you're very concerned about the idea of, you know, the blacks and the immigrants and the Mexicans taking taking away more of whatever America is. And, you know, you don't trust the idea of a woman in charge. And apparently a lot of people don't trust the idea of a woman in charge. And they tend to be, you know, they voted for Trump. Because they somehow looked at Trump and thought, like, well, that's better than a woman. Yeah, see, I, I think it, I think there's insane. a lot of economic argument, given what's happened in people from the 2008. And they just well, haven't yeah, recovered, I, I, and there aren't jobs. And, and it, you know, there's a significant amount of people who voted for Obama, in a lot of cases twice, and then voted for Trump. Now, that doesn't, now who is to, that? To yeah, me, right. that, doesn't, that doesn't diffuse the racism angle, but I think it does complicate it. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I think it's a little facile to sort of throw racism at all at see, 
this people. Well, again, you know. again, this is one of the things about the term racism and sexism is well, yeah. the, the, well, because like both of those terms like are often used like like they have like a sort of more than one very narrow meaning. Like racism certainly includes like someone who's going to throw the n-word around and is happy to burn a cross on someone's lawn. You know, that's a racist. <laughs> that is racism. But it's not the only way in which racism gets expressed. I mean, uh, you know, like there's the the systemic problems that come about because we just expect, you know, uh, 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 white people to do certain things and black people to do certain other things in the way. We do? Know, well, as a society, people tend to be like, oh, someone's walking towards me in the dark. Oh, it's a white guy. I'm fine. Oh, it's a black guy. I'm not fine. You know, I mean, like the who's that person in a hoodie? Oh, it's a black man. I'm more concerned. You know, I do remember when Obama had his speech on race and he was talking about his grandmother who mm-hmm. admitted that when she was on a sidewalk and if people were white, she's white, um, people were walking to her that she tried very hard not to get scared. Yeah. Because, her, you know, her grandson. Yeah. But she still did a little bit. And he he acknowledged that. I mean, I think. I think there's some part to that. It may be where you are, but I think there's a part of Trump that people are really hopefully was going to change the way we do business with everybody else and bring back jobs and economics and well, uh, he's and we'll and we'll see because well, so he's, far he's so far being a catastrophic failure. In fact, I'm going to go on record and agree for once with Kim Jong Un. I really do think Trump is a dotard. <laughs> Just I think that's pretty much like the best word for him. Can I I. So the New Yorker, and I'll post this on Facebook on our Facebook page. The New Yorker had a really interesting series during the primary, where yeah. they sent um, a guy. His name is his name is Michael Friedman. He was a Broadway uh, show, uh, you know, a basically songwriter, showrunner for Broadway. Unfortunately, since deceased, um, very sadly. But he basically was taking these tours of different primary states and speaking to. Um, different basically people on the ground kind of getting their thoughts and then turning interviews a very promise he'd find a promising interview and turn it into song form and he would perform it for the new yorker in their studios and he's had one gentleman in south carolina who was kind of made it very clear that he was very excited about trump and he thought trump was gonna i think as he said upset the apple cart um, and then, but then he's sort of he's talking more with him, and he's and this guy's an older gentleman. He sort of describes himself as a bit of a redneck, class of what uh, Kappa Alpha Robert E Lee, I think he calls himself, <laughs> which is great. And then he talks about his upbringing and sort of having black servants in the house uh, from a young age, and sort of how that worked out. And I won't sort of spoil the end of it, but I'm going to post it because I think it kind of gets to this sort of complicated nexus of race and class and gender and um and sort of american anxiety that was living in that is still living but was really poignant in that moment was really motivating and 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 it's just really interesting because at the beginning of this interview you think you've got this guy pegged and then he sort of opens up a little bit more about his life and it's it's not what you were expecting so Oh, that'll be I'll, great. I'll post it. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's from the New Yorker from last year. I'll, I got to go find the audio file, but I'll try to put it up on our Facebook page. <clears throat> well, we've only got a few minutes left, but, um, so I guess, uh, we've, we've sort of been talking about Trump and I don't know if you think he's in his dotage or not, but I mean, what do you think about like his speech at the UN or, or do you think he's losing his sway in the Republican party? Cause I mean the, uh, he's endorsed, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sir, acting Senator Strange in the yeah, Alabama that's runoff. Be, yeah, that's going to be interesting. In and Alabama. I understand he's in a statistical dead heat with, with Roy, Roy Moore. With you know, 
flaming nut bar uh, Roy Moore. And I'm, I know that's rude, but I mean, seriously, the guy is just appalling. Well, uh, Alabama likes him. That speaks very poorly of Alabama. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Stefan is um, tends to follow some of these things a little closer. Do you have any prediction for that race? For the more, the more, because it's Alabama the traditionalist race. versus uh, it's the it's versus the fellow who's twice been thrown out of the position as, as, on, the, on, the, on the state supreme court for for basically pursuing unconstitutional <laughs> yeah, policies, put, putting and trying up to, Bible stuff or something. Yeah, like. yeah, like. Yeah, because so, of Christian extremism. But he's yeah. considered the outsider, and the Trump and McConnell um, candidate is the the guy named Strange, right? Have yes. I got that right? I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so that everybody's watching this runoff to see who's going to prevail. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is kind of the interesting thing where in the, and you know, we've talked about runoff elec- runoff elections before, and how they kind of change the political calculus. I mean, I think I think Moore has chosen his moment well. To end, like this is the time for him to kind of if a if a candidate of his type this kind of Bible thumping outsider he's almost a Huckabee yeah he reminds me a little bit of of uh, Mike Huckabee almost in some like ways. a preacher yeah yeah but but kind of a little bit of vuncular has a bit of a kind of a crowd you know um, press the meat type uh, you know glad handing mentality I think that that serves well in politics yeah. and um. I, it's hard for me to make. I just don't have a good enough uh, take on where Alabama stands right now politically, is it or whether n- or not next week. I forget when it is. I, uh, this is I think it's next primary Tuesday. voters. Is it next Tuesday? I knew it was getting I, there because they're talking about it a lot. You can tell when it's getting close. I think that's right. Um, yeah. It is definitely in the next couple weeks, and we I, we could post more about it on our Facebook page. <laughs> what do you think? Um, well, so uh, I know we're we're wrapping up in it, but I mean, uh, you know, like, what do you think happens if the the, guy, the horse Trump is backing doesn't win. What do you think that does to the Republican Party? Because do they have to live in as much fear of Trump, Trump's, you know, endorsement or, you know, counter endorsement? You know, if Trump says, no, don't vote for this guy. And, you know, Trump, Trump's Trump's word isn't isn't law with the electorate. Do you think? Uh, yeah, good point, because right now he's using the population to to cudgeon the yeah, <laughs> cudgeon the Republicans. So, well, he's not looking so hot. I mean, not just in, in terms of his endorsements, in terms of his overall character. His yeah. portfolio is not doing that great. So that, yeah. that would just, I think, compound that problem for him. Do you, do you think the Republican Party will, uh, the, the leadership will turn on him more openly if uh, he, he, he doesn't have the poll anymore? I think that he, he shoved them really hard when he went with the Democrats on the um, debt ceiling and the yep. continuing resolution. And the, I, I, I think that he... I think it's a battle at the moment. I think it's a battle of equals mm. because he, he can do that again with the Democrats or he can find, you know, he's, yeah. I, I think there's a battle, you know, I think he's going to be impeached right after the midterms, but, um, I, I think that I all see. of this stuff, this yeah. is the battle for the next year. Well, I think he'll be impeached if the Republic, if the, if the Democrats can manage to, you know, seize control of the house. Oh and no, I'm saying my party will impeach him. You think? Oh yeah, no, I've been saying that since the beginning. They'll, oh. they'll, this, this is going to go on so long, but they won't do it right before the midterms because they won't want Trump voters to not to know where they where they stood. They'll do it after the midterms. Fascinating. So. If, heard, if it continues. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> right. But we do need to wrap up tonight with civil politics. So uh, thank you for listening to uh, Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Stay tuned for Subculture coming up next. And uh, we'll be back more to talk uh, about this stuff next week. Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs>